Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Huge announcement straight out the gate, two weeks in a row, the national tour is on, okay? I managed through my pretty significant administrative skills to sort out the rest of the tour since last week and here are the dates. So we got Melbourne, June 3rd, already sold out. Added a show June 4th. So show some urgency there, Melbourne. Then we got Perth, June 17, Adelaide, June 18, Canberra, June 19. Okay, all those tickets are in my Instagram bio. And just bloody come along. It's going to be sick. Uh, Perth is selling quite nicely, so, you know, get involved. And there is a potential for me to do an encore of my Sydney show uh, because both of those are sold out as well. So, like I said, Melbourne, June 4, Perth, June 17, Adelaide, June 18, Canberra, June 19. So get involved. The shows are going to be sick. Schooners after, guaranteed, and all those tickets are available via my Instagram bio. So just just get in the bloody mix, mate, okay? I'm not going to beg you, but at the same time, I'll, I'll go right up to the line of begging, you know? As much as asking someone can sort of get up there before it becomes genuine begging, that's where you'll find me, right on that line, ever so desperately asking you to please attend my show. So I hope to see you there. And and yeah, so looking forward to it. Also, podcast news, uh, episode 50 onwards of the podcast is now available, you know, on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts or whatever. Uh, previously, there was only 100 episodes up at a time because of some setting I wasn't aware of. So previously, it was only like episode 83 to 183 available. Now, episode 50 onwards, and that will be staying up there permanently. Episode 1 to 50, uh, I've locked in a vault, which I might throw off a cliff or, you know, bury in a local park. Uh, I don't, those, those episodes will probably never come back publicly. Maybe if I start a Patreon or something like that, I'll chuck them up. Uh, but I personally don't think I would be able to sleep at night knowing episodes 1 to 50 were in the public domain, okay? Not that I said anything particularly weird on those episodes. They're just bad, okay? I'm not worried about getting cancelled because of something I said about Koreans or whatever, uh, which, is, which is what people have brought up to me before, that the early episodes of the podcast were potentially too wild. I'm here to squash those rumours and tell you that they weren't, they weren't that wild. They were just not particularly good, okay? Obviously, podcasting, especially doing it by yourself, you know, there's a bit to it. And the first 50 episodes, I was learning on the job, okay? So, they're not great. And honestly, if like the FBI captured me and wanted me to talk, they should just play like episode three of Get Around Me and I'd tell them anything they wanted to know. You know, they're like, we got episode four coming up next unless you tell us what we want to know. I'd just be, I'd be in tears, no waterboarding required, okay? So episode 50 onwards is up 
and will stay up. And uh, yeah, if you want to go back through uh, the old episodes, you know, people do it and, you know, it's not a very topical podcast, so it is the sort of thing you can go back through. And there's been some great errors on the pod. There was the first lockdown error. I think that was episode 80s. That was wild. I was freaking low-key losing my mind at that time. Had the fringe and the blonde locks. Then we had the lesbian error. I think that's episode 100 to about 110 when the lad pad aligned ourselves with a local group of lesbians and, you know, fair few shenanigans there. And, uh, yeah, so there's there's a, a lot of great yarns on the old episodes uh, that are, you know, well worth your time. So check that out if you so wish and tour tickets in my Instagram bio. Dude, I'm pumped up. What a time, hey? What a time. And so let's crack in. So this this is just something out the gate that just caught my eye last week. So I was doing some shows on Saturday night and obviously I need to fuel up, okay? Cars run on petrol, okay? And you're looking at a genuine tank right here. So I fueled up, uh, there was a subway on the way to my gig. So it doesn't take a freaking a Senate inquiry to work out that I'm in there ordering exactly what I want from possibly, in my opinion, the greatest fast food chain on the planet, okay? And I don't have as much Subway as I used to because, you know, I've trimmed down a bit. I uh, It came to my attention that Subway is potentially not the health-oriented meal I was led to believe, okay? I took the advertising hook, line, and sinker. And then this comedian Amos Gill actually has a great joke he said, this is, how, this is how little we knew about dieting in the early 2000s. People thought eating a foot-long bread roll would be good for weight loss. And when you put it like that, it does seem like a pretty stupid thing to do. But I used to have Subway like for lunch like every day when I worked at Westfield. I fucking love it, dude. So anyway, I'm in there getting a sub. And I didn't, I've, like I said, I'm not really up to date with the Subway scene. Maybe I've missed a step or two. But in there, they had a coffee machine, a full-blown massive coffee machine sitting there, ready and waiting for some genuine serial killer to order a coffee at Subway. I'm sorry. I'm open-minded, okay? I voted yes. You know, whatever progressive politics you have, send them my way, okay? I'm a very open, modern man. But if anyone is out there starting their day with their morning coffee at a local subway, they need to be put on some sort of a watch list immediately. Okay? You cannot tell me this thing is getting any use whatsoever. Who is ordering a coffee from Subway? This was in the city as well. There's about 54 cafes on every block. Like, it just makes no... Like, I don't buy my sandwiches at Harvey Norman. You know what I mean? This is like if the Australian cricket team signed Tom Brady. It's like, yeah, that, that's great, but it's not really relevant. Why, why would Subway attempt to get into the coffee market as if people are starting their day with an ice long black and a ham and cheese croissant? Okay, I don't even think Subway should be in the breakfast market. I know they, they do some sort of a breakfast option, but you know, I'm as, in, I'm as into Subway as you can get and I've still never tried any of their breakfast options. 
uh, because I have self-respect and my parents raised me right, okay? But ugh, why? I just can't even wrap my head around it. That's like when you go into like a fish and chip shop or a takeaway and they've got a coffee machine there. And it's like, lads, you don't have to do this. Just stay in your lane, okay? I want f- No one wants fish and chips with a freaking latte, dude. <laughs> you know? I think these all these food stores just think, oh, people love coffee. We'll just do coffee as well. And it's like, yeah, people do love coffee. Good coffee, dude. They don't want freaking... I don't want the guy who's frying up fish in one hand making me a flat white with the other. These are opposing concepts. You know, I feel like everywhere is just just throwing up a coffee machine these days. I walked past a Deus Ex Machina shop the other week. They're doing coffees in there. It's a clothing store. This is something we haven't seen before, okay? But the thing with the clothing store is I went in, I thought, because I wanted a coffee, and I saw the guy, he had a weird fringe and a neck tattoo. So obviously he's going to know his way around a freaking ice long black. So I got a coffee from there and it was fantastic. Okay, his tattoo was in Latin and the coffee reflected it. But are you telling me if I went up to this sandwich artist at Subway and I have, I have a great deal of respect for what they do there. I don't use that term artist, you know, with any, with any type of context other than what, what that word means. These people are artists, okay? But if you're telling me I ordered a chicken and bacon ranch footlong on malted rye with old English cheese toasted, and then I said on the end of that, could I also get a flat white with an extra shot in it, please? Are you telling me that this sandwich artist is not going to blink an eye at that request? Are you telling me we're not just going to see absolute panic flood down this poor woman's face as we've got a sandwich artist trying to work out how to turn on the coffee machine? I wouldn't be surprised if she just came out with a jar of Makona. There's a bit of boiling water. Here's your sub. Go fuck yourself. And do you know what? That's what you deserve if you order a coffee at Subway, okay? I think we should put in a law that Subways must open at 11 a.m., no earlier, and any Subway operating a coffee machine will be shut down immediately by the government, okay? Because at what point, at what point is it like just madness? You know, I felt like I was in the Joker looking at this coffee machine in a fucking Subway. I mean, it's no good. It's absolutely no good. And I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. But anyway, got off on that whole subway thing a little bit too much. So did a gig on Wednesday last week, right? Big gig, medium-sized gig. It wasn't that big of a gig. I was trying to impress you. So I was at this gig and I recognized these guys in the crowd and I, rec- and I was like, oh, I think it's those guys from that YKTR podcast. You know, like that rugby league podcast? Uh, where they, I think it's also a fashion brand. It's a massive podcast, right? So I was thinking, fucking oath. Because I always think I'm about to make it. So I was thinking, dude, if I rip it up here, could potentially get the invite onto the podcast. I think, how good's this? You know, I'm, I'm optimistic. Did I get calls from a telemarketer? I pick it up. I always just think it's channel 10. Telemarketers call me to offer me, you know, some weird superannuation plan. I pick up the phone like, well, 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 look who woke up to themselves. 
Yes, I'll host my own variety show on Friday nights at 8.30. Okay? Deal. And I hang up, you know? And then there's some poor guy from Mumbai trying to offer me superannuation. I'm optimistic and potentially delusional. But, so I'm thinking, fuck, this isn't a bad little opportunity here. You know, get on the map with these lads. And, you know, I've always wanted to go on a sport podcast. I never get invited on sport podcasts. You know, I've got, I've got sporting views. Hello, sport. Blo- I probably don't know enough about rugby league really to go on bloke in a bar. But get me on one of these sporting podcasts, you know. I'm a sports fan. So I was thinking, all right, here we go. And, you know, the MC wasn't doing great. I'm on first. Rory Lowe came up to me and he goes, dude, you are so fucked right now. He goes, you can't make this gig worse if you try. I said, well, 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 you're about to watch a man try his very best. So I went up there and it was tough sledding. And then I sort of started to do okay, but it's not great. You know, I'm sort of, I'm sort of chipping away admirably. Then I start to do pretty well, but I'm looking, I swear to God, everyone's laughing except the YKTR table. These guys hated me. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was not well received by the YKTR boys. <laughs> so and after every punchline, I'm just looking at these two blokes going, nothing. I'm getting nothing from these blokes, you know? So it was a kind of a bizarre set. I guess I kind of did well but not to the intended audience. So I don't think we'll be seeing me on YKTR anytime soon, which was a bit of a shame. But anyway, Friday night. So Friday night, uh, I'm I'm out and about with the gals from work. So I left my admin job. Quite an iconic moment. Everyone thinks I'm left my office job because, you know, I've signed some sort of a multi year deal with Spotify. Uh, but I can assure you, I've left my office job to return to my actual calling, which is casual employment, okay? Billy Darcy working full-time, that's like having a fucking latte at Subway, okay? It just doesn't fit, and there's just a taste in your mouth that doesn't feel right, okay? That's me working full-time, you know? I'm a fish out of water in that environment. So it's time for me to return to working two days a week and chasing the dream. So... That's what I'm doing. And so I left my job. Great, great gig. Uh, Left on good terms as well. This is my first job where I ever left on good terms. You know, previously, I've been fired from like six jobs, okay? Previously, I usually get the old heave-ho and I'm, you know, speeding out of the car park in the Mazda Metro after some sort of an argument uh, with a 29-year-old guy who who has blatantly abused his authority, I thought. But this time, I left on great terms. So, had a, had a bit of a farewell lunch, this sort of stuff. Beautiful. Loved it. And then, you know, my two, my two best mates at work, uh, Maddie and Annika, we went out on the piss Friday night. Absolutely fantastic, okay? Because, you know, you got your bloody... You're friends with everyone at work. You love everyone. But then you got, you know, your sort of your, your work friends who transcend that work barrier and then become part of your actual social life, okay? So me, Maddie and Annika out on the town and I got to say, going out with just two hot chicks, it's like, it's a different vibe because 
I swear to God, every time I left the table, I came back and someone was talking to them. You can't leave these girls alone for all of two seconds. So I went to get, I went to the bathroom and I come back and there's the security guard chatting to them. And the guy's about 55. I was thinking probably a family friend or something. And then I go over there and Annika's like, oh, this is our friend, Billy. And I go, hey, mate, how are you? And this guy looks at me like I am dead set the biggest piece of shit on the planet. He was furious I was there. I was like, oh, dude, this bloke's just having a run, hey. Like, this is unbelievable. And this security guard, dude, (laughs) here's the thing. Okay, so I can't stand people who brag. I just can't stand it, dude. Like That's why I think I don't love social media at times because it is really a lot of bragging. But one thing I if you're going to brag, that's one thing, you know? If some guy's bragging to me about having like a threesome with Rita Ora, yeah, he's kind of a dick for bragging. But at the same time, I'll listen to that story. But when people brag incorrectly, like they think they're bragging, but like they're, it's just infuriating. So this guy, he's bragging, but it's like he's not doing it right. So he's bragging to the girls when I get over there that he gets 50% off food and drinks at the pub. And he goes, yeah, it's pretty sick. Keep in mind, this bloke's mm, 57. (laughs) And he's bragging about getting 50% off food and drinks at the pub. He goes, yeah, it's pretty sick. Like last week I came in, I got a dozen oysters, a seafood pizza, large, yeah, big seafood pizza. So you probably feed, what, three people with that. Have you seen the pizzas here? They're, the large pizza's quite large, yeah. So I got a dozen oysters, a large seafood pizza, and two pints for $30. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I just live around the corner as well in, a, in an apartment. So, so yeah, I can just walk down and, and just get into that. Yeah, it's pretty good. And it's like, he thinks he's bragging, but it's like... <laughs> It's like that would be bragging if you got half price everything. But you get that because you work security at this pub five nights a week. <laughs> it's an employee benefit. It's an employee benefit at this entry level job. This is, this is not bragging. This is not how you brag. And then at the end of it, you've just admitted you live alone around the corner. I mean, this is just. He thought he was bragging. I just don't understand it. And this guy was like clockwork, like every 20 minutes, he'd do a lap of the pub and come and talk to the girls. He'd just like stand right in front of me and just be like, oh yeah, and just start chatting their ear off, you know? And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. (laughs) Like, if you're going to brag, just brag, you know? Tell us something impressive. That's like a guy who works at Macca's being like, you know, I can get you fucking, I can get you 15% off a bacon egg McMuffin. Just saying, just saying, you know, pretty impressive. Like, oh my God, just if you're going to brag, do it correctly, okay? <laughs> and then, and then another time I go to the bathroom, or maybe it was my round, and I come back and these two guys from the table next to us are chatting to the girls. Dad said, can't leave these girls alone for two seconds. And these blokes are like 35 and he's chatting away. And then we wanted to get a photo. And then so the girls asked that guy if he'll take a photo. 
And this guy's just being real weird, like just weird vibes on these guys. Because these blokes are like 40, like hitting on like 21-year-old chicks, you know? It's weird. So this guy is just being so bizarre. He takes like 50 photos. They're all the worst photos I've ever seen. It's unbelievable how bad these photos are. And then he goes, you're welcome. And then hands one of the girls his card. He's a professional photographer. This random white guy who can't even take a freaking iPhone photo from about a meter away. He's a professional photographer. I don't know. I don't even know. I literally thought, like, we had to retake the photos after he left. thought we were getting punked, you know? And it's like another guy who thought he was bragging. He's like, yeah, you know, if you pay me properly, there's more where that came from. Hands over his photography card. It's like, mate, every single photo was unusable. There were some of them where we weren't even in the photo. He's just taken photos of a local Sri Lankan family having dinner on a Friday night. And the guy's attempting to charge for his services in the future. It's like, Jesus Christ, mate. Get the fuck out of here so I can airdrop these photos to that Sri Lankan family having a goddamn schnitty, all right? You've done no favors for us whatsoever. It was just the most bizarre night. Like, if I go to the pub with just the lads, random people aren't just coming up to our table being like, what's happening with you guys, you know? So it was kind of like a peek behind the curtain of being an attractive woman, you know? And... Yeah, it was bizarre. Everyone who came to the table, not one of them wanted to speak to me at all, which I personally was quite offended by because as the people of this podcast, the listeners will know, I got a bit about me, you know, let's have a conversation. I've got a bit of charisma, dare I say it. Get me off the bench. So it was quite a bizarre night, but we got absolutely blind as bats and there was salsa dancing downstairs at the end of the night. Finished up the night with a bit of salsa dancing. Uh, I apologize to everyone on the night then, and I apologize now. Uh, You know, you don't want to see a blind Billy Darcy throwing his Irish hips around to a bit of Latin music, okay? It was graphic. I think think there were families, like, covering up their children's eyes, being like, don't look at the bloke with the freckles. Don't look at him, you know? I, I cannot salsa dance to save my life, okay? So that was unfortunate. But apart from that, just an absolute belter of a night. So loved it. Okay, so up next. Now, I know I don't traditionally talk about television shows uh, because, you know, I'm never really watching them when you're supposed to watch them. Like I watched Euphoria, but I watched it like last week. So no one wants to hear about that shit now. You know, I don't traditionally have my finger on the pulse. But I was home on Monday night and I said to Mac, I said, what are we going to watch tonight? So boring when you're just home on a weeknight. I don't know what people do. I guess watch the block. But I said, Mac, what are we going to watch? And he said, well, what about this bill? Let me float this past you. Big Brother has come back. It's the first episode of the new season. And it's a combination of legends of the game and new contestants. Can I interest you? I said, fucking oath you can, mate, okay? Now, i got to say, I've enjoyed Big Brother over the years. There's been some seasons that just absolutely slapped, okay? And I haven't watched the latest few seasons uh, because for whatever reason. So I wasn't really sure what I was getting into, but wow, 
what a television event. Two-hour special, the return of Big Brother, Legends versus New Contestants. Straight out the gate, Reggie has returned. Now, if you don't know Reggie, she's the most likable woman of all time. She ran a fish and chip shop and won a season of Big Brother in like 2002. Okay? She's like the most iconic Big Brother contestant probably of all time. And she's back. Now, Reggie is, I would describe, the most likable woman on the planet. And she's the first one in the house with Tim, who also won a season. And how's this? It comes out, Reggie goes, yeah, my life's been pretty tough since I won the show. She goes, I'm divorced and I've got a disease in my eye. I'm pretty much blind now. She has zero night vision. Her vision is like going, like she could wake up blind tomorrow. She's full on got to get around with the stick and everything. I got to say, guys, I don't know how anyone could possibly beat Reggie in this game. She was the most likable person on the planet before she was divorced and blind. So how how you beat this woman is beyond me, you know? She's walking around the house with the stick saying hilarious Australian quips. I mean, if anyone in the house nominates Reggie, they should just go straight to a firing squad in my books, okay? And this is the first contestant in the house. I'm thinking this, this chick is going to be a wrecking ball. How can you... What are you going to say to Big Brother? Oh, I nominate Reggie because uh, she's... <laughs> you, you'd have to trash a blind woman who the nation has already previously fallen in love with. <laughs> Early money on Reggie for this season, okay? And it was so funny. So all they had four old contestants come into the house, including Reggie. And then they say to the old contestants, you have to hide in the house while the new t- contestants come in. You have to hide. You know, it was like a challenge. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever seen a blind woman attempt to hide before, but <laughs> poor Reggie was having a tough time. Hey, she was like trying to hide behind like a, a stool. <laughs> like eventually (laughs) oh my god Reggie (laughs) watching Reggie attempt to hide oh my god bless this woman she was just sort of like feeling the kitchen bench for about five minutes going is this a good spot (laughs) eventually one of the blokes just picks Reggie up and takes her up the stairs oh god bless her she's the best and then (laughs) <laughs> and then so yeah so then reggie hides you know everyone hides and then the new contestants come in and god is there anything better than people who voluntarily go on reality television shows you know i must say the diversity does appear to be lacking in this season i think there was one brazilian chick and, and one black guy though from what i can tell every bloke on the show is at the very least bisexual Okay, so I think that's where they're getting their diversity points. One bloke, Johnson, I put this on my Instagram story. This guy, it's like if a guy was playing, his intro was like if a guy was playing like a parody of a Big Brother character. You know, he's, he goes, I'm not everyone's cup of tea and I'm here to play the game. And then he holds up a deck of cards to the camera like he's a tactical mastermind, you know. And uh, once he came into the house, it became pretty clear that Johnson is, in fact, one of the most placid young men you will ever come across. God bless him. Okay. Then there was an intimacy coach from Byron Bay. 
Byron Bay is, if you had an intimacy coach in Sydney, you'd say that person is 100% on Centrelink. That's a made up job. Okay. But Byron Bay is the only place in Australia where you can make up a job where there's zero demand and thrive. Okay. There's no intimacy coaches in Adelaide. People are too busy accounting, you know, providing for their families. But you can go to Byron Bay and people will pay you $200 an hour to hear about how they can be more intimate, okay? And this chick, it was so funny, she ran into some absolute weirdo from Byron Bay in the house. And this guy's such a freak. He goes up to her and tries to talk to her as if they're not on television. He goes, oh, hi, Sam, how you been? You've got a new tattoo. Doesn't even address the fact that they're in the Big Brother house on national television. Can you imagine if you saw someone from your life in the Big Brother house and they were just like, hey, Bill, how's comedy going? And they just don't... This guy is a serial killer, dude. An absolute serial killer. Then there was another bloke whose intro video was, I'm the perfect boyfriend. And it was him like videos of him ironing and vacuuming and he had like a rose in his mouth. Dude, if that guy doesn't have someone locked in his basement, then I will stop this podcast, okay? There are some genuinely suspect characters on this show. But Big Brother is not what I remember it. So it kind of like, I don't know, Big Brother used to be they just put 12 weirdos in a house and just let them live together. And by day three, you know, people are rooting like rabbits and arguing. There's been four hate crimes. Someone's drowned in the pool. It was absolute must-see television. Now, it's kind of like a Squid Game crossover. Halfway through the episode, it just turned into Survivor. They're like, you got to abseil up this ladder and climb across this pole. It was bizarre. Every, every uh, you know, contestant appeared to have like a crippling fear of heights. So most of them didn't even get up the ladder. And then they had to like drop these rings into this, into this thing. It's a pretty full-on challenge. You know, it's not like the Friday night games I remember. But I tell you what, at this point, Reggie and the older contestants were still still hiding. Thank God. I was thinking, how the fuck are you going to send Reggie up a 20-foot ladder across a pole? I mean, <laughs> what the hell is going on in this game? So it's very strategic, very produced now, the show. It's, not, it's, it's different, not in a bad way necessarily, but it's very produced. They're all talking about strategy like it's fucking Squid Game or something. At one point, all the old contestants who've been hiding had to go into this dark room called the Big Brother mainframe. And, you know, it was all very, ooh, it was pretty bloody bizarre. But they send the old contestants in there and it goes pitch black. And Big Brother's giving them, you know, advice or Big Brother's telling them what's happening. But they forgot that Reggie doesn't have any night vision. So they just drop all the lights down. Reggie's standing there by herself in the dark. Big Brother's explained all these intricate parts of the game. As soon as the lights come back on, you just hear Reggie go, Oh, thank God, lights. (laughs) Reggie's just, she can't see a thing in the dark. She's got this random Big Brother talking to her. I'm telling you, (laughs) Reggie is... (laughs) If she wasn't already the most likable underdog on the planet, I'm telling you, vote one Reggie. I freaking love this chick, you know? She's on full-blown reality television. She can't see a thing. It's unbelievable. 
Oh, God. And then the the guy who said he was the perfect boyfriend won the challenge. And he nominated three women. And it was so funny. So this is the first episode. He tells the women that he nominated, he nominated them because they haven't been talking a lot of strat, which is short for strategy. Okay? This is 16 hours into this show. And this guy thinks he's genuinely some sort of a mastermind. He goes, yeah, they just haven't been talking enough strat for mine. Talking strat. (laughs) This bloke, this perfect boyfriend bloke, he's the sort of guy who would like, at the end of a Kentucky tour, he genuinely thinks everyone there is like a friend for life, you know? He's like the one still firing up the group chat six months later. It's like, dude, we went to Croatia for a week. Just let it go, okay? This guy's 16 hours into a game of Big Brother and he's talking strat. It's like, what strat are you talking about? You just met these people this morning, okay? <laughs> and and when he when he nominated these people, he didn't even know the old contestants were coming in yet. I mean, this guy is a genuine psychopath. So, Big Brother, I got to say, welcome back. I don't know if I'll be able to hang with it for the season because, I don't know, like, I just didn't really... Apart from Reggie, I like Tim, but yeah, there was... I don't know if I really found my my hero to root for, you know, apart from Reggie, like I said. But God bless Reggie and God bless Big Brother. I got to say, this season looks like it could be pretty fucking sick. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to hang with it, but yeah, looks good. Looks real good. Welcome back, Big Brother. Okay, so up next, I just want to briefly talk about this Dave Chappelle incident. If you're not aware, Dave Chappelle was tackled on stage at the Hollywood Bowl last week by a person in the crowd. Obviously, this follows Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And obviously, as a stand-up comedian myself, my loyalties lie with the men on stage, okay? Now, this one was a little different because this bloke had a knife on him. He didn't pull the knife, but, you know, it's a bit by the by, isn't it? Some guy tackles you and has a knife on him that he doesn't pull. I'm not like, oh, don't worry about it, brother. At least you didn't pull that knife on me. You know, it's still a very serious incident. But this one was a bit better because the guy tackles Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle sort of throws him off. The guy runs backstage, at which point he is met by security guards and Jamie Foxx, Oscar-winning actor. And I think Dave Chappelle joins in as well. They proceed to kick the living shit out of this man, okay? Uh, They showed a picture of him getting sent uh, to hospital in an ambulance. I mean, it looked like this guy was run over by like a cement mixer. His arms were like zigzags. His arm was like going one way and then coming back the other. I mean, I don't think this guy, it was it was pretty horrific, the beatdown. But I was in favor of the beatdown, okay? Because here's the thing, actions have consequences, dude. Like you can't just tackle Dave Chappelle, and not and expect to be like, oh, sweet, I'll, I'll just return to my seat like Will Smith. Can you imagine this guy who tackled Dave Chappelle returns to his seat and then starts abusing Dave Chappelle and is still not kicked out? Because that's what Will Smith did, okay? Will Smith gets to do that because he's famous. He's Will Smith. I think this guy obviously thought he was going to get the same treatment, you know? He'll just return to his seat and enjoy the rest of the show. But Jamie Foxx put a stop to that, and he put a stop to it real quick. So God bless Jamie Foxx, okay? 
And that was what pissed me off about the whole Will Smith thing, the fact that he wasn't ejected or punished in any way, you know? Chris Rock should have fucking gone full Jamie Foxx on Will Smith. And I think this Dave Chappelle incident has sort of highlighted that maybe Chris Rock was, in fact, a bit of a bitch about the whole thing, you know? To do absolutely nothing, you know? I feel like either assault him in person or attack him on stage or sue him at least, like, I cannot believe Will Smith's punishment was just not being able to attend the Oscars for 10 years. If I was Chris Rock, this is what I'd do. I would call my next Netflix special, Will Smith is a bitch, okay? And I would do all the marketing. Like, you know, you could make the sickest trailer with Will Smith slapping him. You don't have to give away any of the material in the trailer. Think about the hype on this special. If Chris Rock's next special was called Will Smith is a bitch, or even just call it Will Smith, or just anything regarding Will Smith, put his name in there, get the trailer, send it out, play the slap, do some sick edits. People already, Chris Rock's already massive anyway. This would be the most hyped up comedy special of all time. And if Will Smith said anything about it, I would say, okay, Will Smith, here's the deal. I'm in season six of Suits right now. So here's door number one. Either you let me call the special Will Smith is a bitch, the whole special is about you, or a good chunk of it. You can either let me do that, and I'm going to use your stupid face to market the fuck out of this, and I'm just going to drag, I'm going to absolutely drag you for about six months here, okay? This is going to be uncomfortable. The internet's going to go crazy. I'm going to be massive. I'm going to do a huge arena tour after this. The, the special is called Will Smith is a bitch. Or door number two, I'm going to sue you for $200 million, okay? Because Chris Rock, he already has a special he's working on, apparently. So he could just put something else out no matter what. That would be my options. I'd say either I sue you for $200 million or I call the special Will Smith is a bitch and you get dragged in front of the whole world. And I'd say pick one. And that's how I'd resolve that whole situation, Okay. So hopefully Chris Rock does something of that ilk, but this whole Will Smith thing getting away with it, God, grinds my gears something fierce, dude. But anyway, anyway, we've got a few fun fears here from last week's send-in, so crack into these. Now, this is a good one, whoever sent this in. Fun fear, uh, picking fruit and veg at the shops. That's a fun fear. And I got to say, I totally agree with this. Firstly, even before COVID, you're standing next to someone looking at the tomatoes. It's weird, you know, because you think, oh, he's passed on that tomato, but I like the look of it. What's he seeing that I'm not seeing? Does this guy think he's better than me? You know, you get in your own head about the fruit they're passing and the, and the fruit you're passing. But now, I mean, before COVID, really, before COVID, you could lick an avocado to get a vibe for it at Woolies, you know? You could freaking shove it up your ass and see how it feels. That's how you, you know, there was, it was no holds barred when picking fruit and veg. You could really take your time and, and get a feel for, for, for what was in the store that day. Now, post-COVID, you can touch, I would say, a maximum of three avocados. Okay, because once you, after that third one, you got eyes on you, bruh. People are seeing you put your filthy... Omicron hands all over these avocados and they don't like it. You know, especially you, you're looking at some avocados next to like a 94-year-old woman as I was the other day. 
if I touch up all these avocados and I've got COVID, I mean, this lady's going to enjoy a beautiful, a beautiful avocado on toast for breakfast tomorrow, but it's probably going to be the last meal she'll ever have. I've just given her Delta, you know? So now it is this thing where if you've touched two avocados, you fucking, you better switch on because this third avocado is your last chance. The other day I touched three avocados. They were all shit out. So I just had to leave. We didn't have any avocado at my house that night. Okay. I just ran out of the store. I said, I'm so sorry because that's just sort of how it is now. So yeah, I totally get that. There is definitely a different vibe around picking fruit and veg at the moment. Totally get it. Next up. Now this one is a good one. And this is one that I really, really agree with. Uh, So this one, someone said the fun fear trying to get into the Marvel films, which I totally agree. Now, Adzi, my my roommate, 37-time Pelican of the Week. He's a massive Marvel fan. He went to see the new Doctor Strange film the other day, which I was shocked at, okay? Now, here's the thing. I always thought Marvel was for nerds. Then last year, during or during the 2020 lockdown, I should say, me and Samos went through all the Marvel films. They're actually, they're so cool, okay? So I'm not here to bash Marvel. Loved it. I watched all the films. I caught up on them all. You know, I understood like how they all went in order. Then I went to watch Endgame in the cinemas. Now, when we took down Thanos, for me, that was a tools down moment, okay? I mean, what, I thought that was the end of it. This guy had every freaking Infinity Stone, and he killed every second person in the whole universe. We fixed that. Now, let's put the tools down for 20 years or so and enjoy the peace and prosperity we've just worked so hard for. Then I find out about this multiple universe type stuff. It's just all happening. I can't keep up. Okay? The problem with Marvel is you miss one film and it's like, boom, they're 24 they're 24 years down the track. There's seven different universes and 25 different Spider-Mans. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it for some reason. And there's all these Marvel TV shows going on behind the scenes. Night Moon and all this shit. Are they just making up extra superheroes at this point? The Marvel Universe is just... I gotta say, I just... I didn't realize it was still going. End game. I thought that was the end game. Okay. So then I sort of switched off Marvel for about six months. Next thing you know, I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on? Apparently the X-Men are in this next one. The goddamn X-Men. I mean, does stuff... I feel like stuff just doesn't end anymore. As I speak, they're making Fast and Furious 10. I mean, just let some stuff end, for fuck's sake. Am I going to be tuning in to, you know, Spider-Man 74 in three years' time? And Vin Diesel and Harry Potter are going to come through a a fucking wormhole and help Spider-Man defeat, you know, fucking Sauron from Lord of the Rings. I mean, this shit is just out of control. I don't know what's going on. So yeah, Marvel. Massive fun fear. I dropped the ball for what felt like six months. And now I've got like six films and four TV shows to catch up on. I mean, it's a big commitment. Okay, next fun fear. Now, this is one I personally have come up with, but I hope you resonate with it. Fun fear. I'm kind of scared of gym junkies who wear glasses. 
You know when you see some massive jacked personal trainer and he's wearing glasses? That just freaks me out, dude. It's like, it looks like when they put glasses on like a massive Labrador or something. You know, it feels like when they dress up like, you know, when like a like a bear in a zoo has like a weird top hat. That's what I feel when I see like a jacked guy with glasses on. It's like, what are we going for here, brother? Can you put some contacts on and stay in character, please? Because you're making me uncomfortable. It's like they're trying to convince everyone they can, in fact, read. You know, oh, see, these glasses, need these. I wouldn't be able to read without them. Like, especially when they're wearing them at the gym, it's like, are you legitimately the blindest man on the planet? Or is this like a fashion statement? Because I don't know. It kind of freaks me out. And also, I feel like when personal trainers start wearing glasses, that's when they start to like transition into like, you know, they think they're like freaking nutrition scientists or whatever. You know, you talk to some personal trainer at the gym and he starts quoting like a glycogen study and it's like, what? <laughs> Lol? Dude, I just want to know where the bathroom is. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm telling you, when jacked 29-year-old guys start wearing glasses everywhere, it's a freaking, it's a red flag for mine. It's a genuine red flag. Start talking about how glucose is processed in the liver. It's like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Dude, if I want real info, I'll go to someone who real studied. You know what I mean? Not someone who freaking read an article on alphamotivation.com. <laughs> but yeah, oh God. I feel like when personal trainers do their own research, it's pretty harmless though, isn't it? You know, you got some personal trainer down at the gym spreading all sorts of weird info that he read on the internet. Everyone's fine with it, you know, because it's pretty harmless. It's like, yeah, dude, you are right. Doing this movement slower does make it harder. Good stuff. Good stuff. But when like your cousin Derek starts doing his own research, all of a sudden it's a fucking huge issue, you know? <laughs> Isn't it weird how personal trainers just do their own research? Like none of them went to uni. They all just research it themselves on the internet and we're all fine with it. I'm fine with it personally. Like I, I've got personal trainer mates. I listen to what they have to say. But as soon as freaking, you know, your weird cousin starts doing his own research about the vaccines, all of a sudden, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Derek, you know? <laughs> He's talking about putting the vaccine in slower, gives you less autism. It's like, Jesus Christ, Derek, it's not the same thing, okay? It's not the same thing. But anyway, personal trainers with glasses just freak me out. I just think they're plotting something, you know? I also don't like talking to people who where like they're always on. You know, you're talking to a personal trainer and it's like, it feels like his eyes are just like trying to escape his skull. He's just waiting for the conversation to like turn into an opportunity. It's like, it's like oh yeah, dude, I've just lost all this weight. And he's like, oh, you're, you're skinny now, are you, mate? We'll get you, come with me, mate. We'll bulk you back up, bulk you back up, check out our summer plan. And it's like, can I just tell you something about myself without you trying to fucking upsell me? on some sort of a six-week program, brother. You've got glasses on and an enormous chest and you're freaking me out. But anyway, so, all right, just to finish up, got another edition of the project this week. Now, this week, this person's a little more famous than I'd like them to be to be on the project, but credit where credit's due, you know? The project is about promoting Aussie talent and... Now, this is someone everyone already knows, but I think, you know, give them a little shout anyway. 
So on the project this week, the the Aussie talent spotlight, I'm actually going to go for Paul Gallen, the footy player turned boxer. Now, Paul Gallen, he's an interesting man. Firstly, rugby league legend who then went into boxing. Uh, this man has an appetite for CTE like we've not seen before. Okay, I think he sprinkles concussions on his wheat bix in the morning. Okay, I mean you look at his face; he always looks like he's just been sparring. He's got legitimate dents in his head. Okay, but Paul Gallen, you know, I always say we don't promote our own stuff enough. But Paul Gallen is doing so much for Aussie boxing by headlining these cards. So this might not age well because Paul Gallen is fighting Wednesday night. And this is released Thursday morning. So he might have got absolutely decked. But what they're doing, it's pretty smart. Instead of just having the like the rugby league fight nights where all the former rugby league players who are now broke fight each other. It's quite sad, isn't it? You know, I saw freaking, I think, Matt Bowen walk out. And I was like, dude, is this guy doing well? Like, it's just so clear they're all there for a sandwich and a paycheck. It's, it's a bit uncomfortable. But Paul Gallen, he's doing it well. So he's... He's fighting for like the Australasian heavyweight title, whatever that is. But then they headline the card with Paul Gallen and put on these great Aussie boxers underneath him. They've got Tim Zhu's brother, Harry Garside. And, you know, I, I'm trying to get into boxing. So I think this is a good way they're doing it. And so Paul Gallen, he's doing a lot for Aussie boxing. He's putting these guys who no one's ever heard of in the spotlight, which is what the project is all about. And... You know, God bless him. Uh, Paul Gallen, he, he went off at his opponent. He said his opponent had done nothing to promote the fight whatsoever. And I think that's kind of a bit of a trait in Australia, in uh, sort of definitely in comedy anyway. It's all a little bit too cool for school. Comedians don't like to promote themselves very much. And Paul Gallen had a massive goal. this guy. He goes, mate, I've put you on this m- massive stage. And the fucking camera's run out. But he goes, I've put you on this massive stage. And you're not even using it. You're not using the platform I've given you. You didn't turn up to the media day. You're just a selfish prick. And I agree with Paul, you know, trying to get Australian boxing on the map a bit. And this guy doesn't want to hear about it. And Paul Gallen went up to him and said, mate, you might be a good boxer. You might be pretty, but I'm going to bash you, you know? And it gave me PTSD to when like a year 12 kid in high school would say he's going to bash you and you're in year seven, you know? I appreciated Paul saying that. So good on Paul Gallen. He's putting the spotlight on some Aussie talent, which is what the project is all about. Like I said, he will have already fought when this came out. And, I, you know, hopefully, hopefully he won. God bless him. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. This might have aged extremely poorly. Paul Gallen might have been knocked out in the first round and then, you know, said some sort of a hate crime in his post-fight interview, you know? You'll have to find out. But God bless Paul Gallen. I think he's doing a good job there, promoting Aussie talent. And and yeah, as someone like me who's attempting to become a boxing fan, I appreciate it. So good on you, Paul Gallen. And that is the podcast for this week. Like I said, tour dates on sale. Melbourne, June 4th. uh, Perth, June 17. Adelaide, June 18. Canberra, June 19. Possible Sydney Encore at the end of June. Uh, All the shows have been selling out on my tour, so thank you. And if you'd like to come, you can get those tickets via my Instagram bio. 
So check those out. We'd love to see you there. And otherwise, thanks for listening, dude. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too long.